Welcome everybody. Purpose Driven Podcast with Alex Cornwall. I've, um, I'm excited to be here today. I'm with Brad Harker. Brad, how? I mean, we just met just a few a few months ago, right? Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Of I'm course. really excited to to have you here and and to get to know you a little bit more. I'm excited, man. Thank you. And no. it's funny. Let's see. Where did we met? We were doing uh, breath work, right? Yeah. That was the first time Strange we met. Place to meet. Somebody. I had heard about you, like and you know from other people and stuff so i was really excited to come to that breath work and i want to talk about that too today breath work and okay. the importance of that but tell us who who is brad harker i mean tell me tell me a little bit about you okay uh i was it's funny i think i'm from well, from canada the land canada, of eh? hockey and yeah maple syrup right <laughs> I love so it. um yeah born and raised in canada lived there till i was about 18 really and then um always knew i was going to settle in the u.s we had a cabin in montana growing up and so i just it was just a different feel, a different vibe. And yeah. it's not as cold here, obviously, as it is there. Oh, yeah. Um, very, very ambitious. I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into more of the story, but a lot of conflict in my life, but deep levels of ambition. And I think I really kind of lived in the future just as a way to kind of deal with the present, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I just, I was starting businesses when I was young. I had a landscaping business through high school um, and was wow. doing like full scale construction by the time I was a senior. It was awesome. And then um, served a mission for my church, moved down to the U.S., and then just finished school at BYU and just never really looked back. Um, funny, I, the only job I could get as a senior, I mean, sorry, in college was either a janitor or I could go and get an internship. So I went and sold door-to-door -door alarms. And that's kind of where I really kind of broke into the sales side of the game for me. And I always loved and I was always really curious about communication and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think it kind of came naturally to me. But that was another level. And just experiencing that, I just had been, I just got married. So I had this fire, like I've got to provide, I got to be that guy, you know? And so it was really a cool experience. Um, spent a few years in the industry, actually helped co-found a company. We ended up selling that. And then I followed my grandfather's footsteps, which I always intended to do was in real estate mm -hmm. and rode that into the toilet. Like, <laughs> like literally broke selling alarms for a company I used to own, just trying to keep food on the table. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, I ended up in St. George in 2009 when all the banks were being shut down. Real estate was just cooked. Oh, yeah. I and was in real estate back then. Too. Yeah. So there was um, a bank that had been shut down by the FDIC, and I was part of a group that acquired that bank. It was, well, that tranche of loans was about a billion dollars. Yeah. Um, and we, for the next five years, liquidated 6,000 properties as the market recovered, and it was the craziest experience. So I spent a few more years after that just doing some real estate development, and then I just took a year off and I just said, I miss people. I miss coaching. I miss interacting. And so I just took a year off. I wrote a book and I decided to launch my consulting business. That kind of spun me into a software company for about five years. And then after I left that, I've just been all in on coaching and kind of advising CEOs and growing businesses. And it's been just a rocket ship and it's been fun. That's awesome. So, so yeah. you've, you've got, I mean, how old are you? Uh, 43. 43. And you, it sounds like you've been through everything. I've been through a lot, man. And I, four kids, uh, four, four kids. kids, married 21 years, almost 22. It's been, it's been a roller coaster. That's awesome. Well, take me back a little bit. I mean, you're an ambitious guy. I mean, that's the first thing I've, I've known about you. Like when I first met you and just listened to your story a little bit more when we went to lunch that one time, take us, but where did that ambition and that drive come from? Was it from influences with your family? Like, like, where did that purpose? Like, that's why I love what I, yeah. this, like, I want to know your purpose. Like, where did that come from? I love it. So I, I hate networking events because it's just like, who are, hi, I'm Brad. What's your name? Yeah. You know, I, like, I want to get deep. So this is, it's a good question. You know, my dad grew up, I think, um, in his words, he grew up poor. 
And he had this mentor in his life that was a dentist and just taught my dad that he could break the mold and do whatever he wanted to do. And so my dad had some really cool stories, but I think my dad infused a lot of that motivation into me, that ability to work hard. And just, I just saw my dad hustling and I saw my dad grinding and he had a different grit about him because he was coming from, from nothing. And I think that really rubbed off on me. So he's a a dentist. He's a, he, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you mention that? Yeah. So, and he recently, I mean, about five years ago, he sold his practice, but he still does it. And my dad today probably would say I should have been a contractor, but I knew that this was a path to break the mold. Yeah. And it's it's been great. And my dad's just like all of us. He's hard on himself, you know, but he's he crushes it and he does great. And so I think that fueled a lot. Like I remember finding this book called TNT on his bookshelf, and mm-hmm. I don't even remember what it's about. But I remember reading that and thinking like, this is so much cooler than the Hardy Boys or whatever else I was reading. And I never really got into books. I just got into that kind of content. Because for yeah. me, in kind of in tandem with that, I was going through some serious crap as a kid. Like I had some pretty heavy trauma that I was going through. And so there was this inner turmoil, if you will. And then, you know, complimented that, like when I got into junior high school, it's when kids are just mean, right? Yeah. And, and I was already really just battling some stuff I didn't understand. And then I was dealing with all of this crap. And so for me, art and reading and the future, that was my escape. And I'm like, I can go out and I can play hockey or I can go out and I can shovel walks and I can control my future. And I loved how that felt. And so I became very independent, very driven. And I just started getting hungry because I had these things about like, I don't like the way I feel and I want to feel different. I see people that are happy. And I was so curious about what creates change and what really allows me to control my future. Do you feel like you were running away from that trauma? No. At first? Um uh, no questions subconsciously without even recognizing what I was experiencing, yeah. but I just knew how it felt. And then I knew how I could choose to feel if I wanted to go and look the other way. So for sure I was running from it. I mean, avoidance is my number one, you know, coping strategy. So absolutely. Is it to the point? Cause you said something, um, I think it was on your Instagram or something like that. Embrace adversity mm. or uh, you've got to embrace it. You got to attack it. Yeah. When did that shift? Because my belief is trauma, you can run from it, but I don't know if that serves people as well. It's not until you actually focus and you're like, you know what? I need to, I need to embrace this. I need to figure this out. When was that shift for you? Because it seems like you have now you've, you've really embraced it. You know, you've, you've, it's helped you grow. It's helped you progress and it's helped you become who you are today. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this quote I have on my vision board, which I keep in my shower among other places, but that's every morning I stare at it. And the, one of the quotes for this year is invest in myself is invest in me, but the only way out is in. And so for me, I've, I, shame is the word. Okay. Like I used to think that I was afraid of, you know, the future. I was afraid of uncertainty. I was afraid of failing. But for me, like, and I think we all can relate to this. Like shame is such a misunderstood reality. It's such a misunderstood term, but shame isn't like I made a mistake and I feel bad. Shame is I made a mistake and that's, I am the mistake. I'm the reason all this goes wrong because I'm broken or I'm fundamentally unworthy or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. and whether our trauma was with our primary caregivers, or if it was an external, if it was an event trauma, whatever that is, like somehow as a defense mechanism, we take that ownership. It's easier for us to just to say, it's gotta be me than to break the paradigm or break the, the map of the world that we have, which is these people take care of me, or this is what is normal. Yeah. So for me, that shame is like tar. 
And I, I kind of look at it like tar and it literally paints every emotion that you feel. And it makes it really difficult to process and work through just a normal thing. Like you cut someone off on the highway and they give you the finger and you're like, you feel like it's, yeah. it's different if you have a lot of shame. And a lot of my clients that I work with, like that's the, that's the operative thing. And so for me, I went through most of my career, honestly, I would say it's really been the last few years and that I've really been able to look at adversity different. And it's mm -hmm. been stages. Like I remember getting fired from a job when I was in my twenties and I thought I was done. I was like, devastated. That's when I found personality testing and really figured out who I was. And that gave me some relief, but it really wasn't. And in stages of vulnerability of finally just getting to a point where I'm like, I don't even care. Yeah. I'm going to be me. I'm going to do my thing. And I don't care what anyone thinks. So I, I guess there wasn't really one moment. There's just been a lot of gradual, gradual progressions. And it's really, it's a, it's a function of looking in to get out and then putting yourself out there. It reminds me, honestly, I've had that same experience just this past year of, you know, when you ask somebody like, who are you? What's the first thing they say? Well, I'm a father. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I, I work real estate or this and that, this, they mm -hmm. explain all the external items that, that they believe that that is their identity, yeah. their identity. They, they attach themselves to those identities, those external identities. I love what you're saying. It's when you look in, because you're not a father, you're not, I mean, you are, but that's an external item. Yeah. Who are you inside? Yeah. Like I am passionate. I am love. I am hopeful. I am driven. I am courage. That's your true identity. Yeah. And I think people miss that. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? I absolutely agree. And it's it's not normal for people. It doesn't feel normal to say that, but that's really what people want to know. Exactly. So instead of asking, you know, you know, tell me a little bit about you or who are you? Like switch it around. Like yeah. who is Brad Harker? Yeah. So in that you know lens, what I'm saying? yeah. Like I'm a, in that lens, I'm a resilient fighter and I'm a passionate creator. Like I love nothing like my greatest passion is to sit down with a problem or with a person or with a business and to really unpack like what are the roadblocks what's the what's holding this back what's yep. the potential of this thing and how do we unwrap and unwind that thing so that it can really soar and how often is it that it really has nothing to do with the business or or the opportunity but it has everything to do with the person it's all people it's what's going on in here yeah right yeah so how do you help people break through that well, I think from a business, just to kind of uh, highlight your point, uh, you know, I used to think that I go in there and then map their process and the sales journey, right? Yeah. And I realized that the only reason we do that is that we can effectively understand what is the story that we tell to the customer and what is, how do we best apply and put the people into the business, right? And allow everyone to maximize their potential. But with a person, um, the way that I do it, I, I kind of look at what I do with my clients is climbing Everest. You know, and everyone starts at base camp. Mm -hmm. And at base camp, you look up there and you're like, holy crap, like, what am I about to do? Right. And you think about what's it going to be like to be at the top of that place. And if you think about any big agenda or initiative you've done, like you, you had that moment. Yeah. But then you have to sit there and think, like, who am I and why am I even here? Right. Am I just climbing this because I want to get to the top or do I love climbing and this just represents the pinnacle of, of what I want to accomplish in my life? Yeah. So for me, I think where I start is really identifying who are you? And what is your direction? How well do you know yourself? And how well have you really unpacked what you think you know about yourself to really connect with that authentic version of you? Mm -hmm. And if you know that, what is the optimal path for you? And are you aligned with the right thing that you should do? The, the question is this, if you could do anything and you knew you wouldn't fail, what would you do? Yeah, I love that question because it gets somebody thinking. That is an amazing question. Like, 
What would I do? You got me thinking. Okay. What would I do? So what would you do? If you could do anything and you knew it would work, you knew it wouldn't fail, what would you do? I would kind of go the same journey you are. This, like finding people's passion, helping people find their passion, their identity, uh, coaching, yeah, helping people grow. But not on, like, I am a firm believer that you can have the best business put in front of you. Like literally laid on a silver platter. But if you don't know who you are, yeah. if you can't find that identity that we're talking about, yeah. you're not going to do it. Right. So for me, if I knew there was no chance to fail, that's what I would do. Yeah. I would serve. Right. And and then you say, then the question becomes, are you doing that today? Yes. Okay, great. If Most people say no. And then you'd say, well, is what you're doing the most efficient path to align with that direction? And I would have to say no on that because I'm still trying to figure it out. Right. And to just be vulnerable with you, it's like, it's, it's more of a, I know what I want to do, but is the path that I'm doing it the right path? Sure. Does that make sense? But are you aware of a better path? No, that's why I continue on the path I there am. There you go. So it's all, no one's ever at, has arrived. We're always progressing. There's no such thing as a destination. Correct. That's yeah. one of my favorite sayings. And I, I hold firm to that. Like, yeah, I heard it said once, you gotta, you gotta marry the process and date the results. Okay. I love that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I mean, in a relationship, really think about it. When you're dating your wife, when your relationship, when you're truly married to your spouse or your partner and you're in it, how fun are those dates? Right. That right. result's amazing. Yep. But when you're not present in the marriage, yeah. dates are just, I love that it's because surface. it's so yeah. true. Yeah. And I mean, look at any goals that you set. The goal is a byproduct. It's rarely satisfying when you actually achieve it. And then after that, mm -hmm. you eventually come back to, okay, well, what's next? Exactly. Right. So no, no, most people can't say that. Most people aren't really aligned with that path. And so then that's the question is if you don't feel like this is, I know what I should be doing and I'm not doing it. That's the first moment of saying, well, you're out of alignment and it's not going to work out. So how do we make that shift? But in your case, you are. And so then the question becomes, you're on the right path and you're, you're aligning your vision with where you're going. So are you fully utilizing the gifts and the skills that you were born with and that you've acquired in your life to maximize the success of that journey? Huh. And then you say, and am I aligning as the direction that I'm taking really the most efficient path to maximize and to step further into that? Not, yeah. not knowing exactly what the destination looks like, but just knowing that every day I wake up, it's like The Big Leap uh, by Gay Hendricks. It's a great book. Are you in your zone of genius every day? Like this podcast for both of us is going to go by in about like five minutes. Yeah. Because we're both in our zone. We love what we're doing. This isn't about anything but just being present in the moment and mm -hmm. connecting on passionate topics. Exactly. If you don't feel that sense of genius and zone of just like flow in what you do every day, there's a really good chance there's an alternate version of what you could be doing that would be even more productive and more powerful. I think if you don't aren't in that flow to add to that, I know I'm personally in my life, is that's when you start feeling the burnout. That's yeah. when you start feeling the you know, what, what you were talking about, like the, the, the anxiety, like, what am I doing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you're not in that flow. Right. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. hundred percent. And it's funny cause it is always a work in progress. Yeah. You're always having to redirect and re in my life, I know that's what it is. Redirect. Wait, I got to shift here. Yeah. Wait, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know what I'm yeah, saying? hundred percent. So what do you do? What, what, I mean, I love it that you, you said you got your vision board plastered everywhere, even in your shower. Oh yeah. 
It's the best place. Why? Because the I have like places that I go, things I can do that I know get me into the like the present, like out of out of my parts, out of my modes, and into just core self, like the optimal version of Brad. Yeah. And standing in the shower and getting into that kind of that meditative state, like I just go into the zone there. And so I realized that this is the most creative space that I have. Um, and so I wanted to anchor that creative space and kick it off with just a reminder of what I'm going for. And driving is another one for me. Walking is another one for me. So I just, I, the more time I can spend connected with my higher self and just being present, the more productive I am. And so I like to make sure that I feel and make sure that I'm seeing what I'm going after in those moments. Yeah. And the shower is a great place. Well, let's talk a little bit. Let's, I mean, cause I, I've done some breath work classes. Yeah. You know, I've done one with you. Yeah. I can't wait to go back and, and do more. Um, for anybody out there that, that really wants to find themselves, I highly recommend breath work. And it's at first I was always like, you know, I'm a guy. Mm -hmm. Most people don't talk to guys like, no, breath work, meditation. No, no, but truly it's changed my life. Yeah. It's helped me connect and embrace the trauma that I've had in my life. It's helped me forgive myself for things I've done in my past. Cause I think that's who you need to forgive first and foremost. Yeah. And it's all through breath work. Talk, talk to me a little bit about why is breath work important to you and why do you, why is it? Yeah. yeah. Love the question. Well, and that really is kind of the third thing that I would tackle with my clients. And we already kind of talked about this, but like, I think we all overlook the adversity in our lives, but mm -hmm. it's such a powerful part of our story. And it's such a powerful component to the passion that drives what we do. Like the empathy that I feel and the desire to help people is deeply rooted in the pain that I've experienced in my life. Yeah. So you can't look past that. You've got to embrace that. And that really helps you find your, your value and the greatest offering. And so for me, I've been on a pretty significant healing journey, you know, and, and I tried along the way, but I did no work, no therapy for the trauma that I experienced until I was in my late twenties. Mm -hmm. And then I really kind of quickly left because it didn't, didn't feel good. And I would rather spiral out of control and sabotage my businesses than go through that experience, like deep levels of shame. Right. And, and so it's scary. I, it is. It's hard. Yeah, for and sure. It's like, amen. I've yeah. been there. And so. I, anyone listening, I think we all have that. Yeah. Like there's, it's not this thing that anyways, we all have that. And so for me, I had done a lot of work and I had a good friend that invited me to this men's retreat over just a weekend. And I really didn't have any concept of what we we're doing, but I was down to try. And I, anyway, so I went and I just had this amazing experience where you walk in and you see these 20 guys and you're immediately like, okay, who are these guys? I'm, you know, I'm naturally feeling intimidated. Like these guys must all be really successful. Of course I must be the, you know, the black the schlep in the group here. Yeah. And, and, and it was amazing just to have that experience. I knew none of them and to just connect as fast as we did and to get and to talk through stuff and be vulnerable with that. And the next morning um, there was uh, this guy named Louis Hamner came and he did a breathwork session and I didn't, had no concept of meditation at this stage in my life, breathing, anything like that. And so anyways, he just led us through this 30 minute and it's a very, it's probably more akin to like rebirth mm -hmm. as opposed to holotropic breath work. So it's really just more of a continuous breath, but you're not hyperventilating and there's really loud kind of, I don't know, soothing music, maybe mm -hmm. inspiring music is maybe the right word. But within about five minutes of just pulling my breath, I was, I was sobbing. And I was like, what is happening to me? Like, what is this? What is going on? And for about 30 minutes, you pull your breath. 
And I just go, I went through all of these phases. What do you mean pull, uh, for the audience? Like, so you would lay, yeah, so you lay down, you've got a mask, a sleeping mask on, you've got a blanket over top of you. You are literally like, it sounds like you're in the middle of a concert. Like it's so loud. And you breathe like this, like, (sighs) and you breathe through your belly and you just, you're trying to just lose yourself and just focus on the breath and just get into it. And all of the senses, everything just kind of comes together and you just get lost. And then all of a sudden, like really there's a great book um your body keeps the score and really what we're talking about here is when you are breathing and pumping your body full of that much much oxygen it's going to heal mm-hmm. and if you if you're not running it doesn't have immediate places to go so your body's going to naturally go and heal where it needs to heal and in a lot of cases that releases emotion because you're changing the pH of your blood you're oxygenating your blood and you're driving energy throughout your entire body yeah and so your hands kind of go into this tetany and all kinds of things happen, but a lot of people experience really incredible emotions. And after the 30 minutes of pulling your breath, just like that 30 minutes straight, then it's you- It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It it's takes hard. about five minutes to like get out of your, yep. your head and into it. And the faster you let go, I think the faster you get into the experience. But then for the next 15 or 20 minutes, you just lay there. And your body is vibrating and you are having the most incredible experiences or you might not like there's been times where i've just sat there and nothing's happened but some of the experiences were so deeply spiritual the first time for me i had this like i like i like saw myself for the first time and i it was almost weird like as i would touch a part of my body i would just feel it and i was like oh this is me and i just saw myself through a lens that i'd never seen before yeah and it was just it was incredible. Like it was really incredible. And then I had this experience where I just saw my family and I went one by one and I just felt this deep level of love that I've never felt before. Like one of the biggest byproducts of certain types of trauma is it really messes with your ability to perceive emotions. So yeah. trust is usually affected and your heart and your mind are really hindered. Mm-hmm. And this was an experience for me to really break through some of that. It, despite all the therapy and the work I'd done, EMDR, you name it. This was the first time that I think I was able to kind of break down those walls and feel love, deep love. Yeah. And it was incredible. Self-love, right? Yeah. And I, that was foreign. Well, I think it's a lot, it's foreign for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think for me, the times that I've done breath work as well, the times that I go expecting something, right. I don't get anything. Mm-hmm. It's those times where I, and I guarantee it when that first time you didn't know what you didn't know. Right. That was a blessing to you. Yeah to experience what you did. Yeah. And that's one thing that I know is like, when you're doing these breathwork class, go with no expectation, just yeah. go with an open mind, open heart, and just be present. Yeah. And it will change your life. I love it that you do those. I, I, it's something that whether you believe in God, I mean, there's so many mm-hmm. personally believe in God. Yeah. I think it is the way to, to connect yeah. spiritually with him. And that's one thing that we all have in common. Yeah. We all breathe the same air. Amen. Well, and, and Louis talks about that, like the way he taught me, um, and he's kind of become a mentor as I'm really kind of stepping into leading those, you know, leading breathwork sessions as well. But it's like breath in Greek is, is uh, or spirit in Greek is, is breath. Like yeah. that's the link. And so as you breathe, you're really connecting with spirit. And wherever you revere as the creator or as the higher power, um, I get like with me, with you, I'm God. And I, and I believe that is one of the ways to deeply connect 
to God. And mm-hmm. as you open that up and you get into that self and you kind of let all the world go away. Like I learned hypnosis when I was in college because I was completely bored with the classes I was taking. <laughs> and that was one of the ways that I realized that you could quickly just kind of like get down into deep levels of like theta, you know, yeah. brainwaves and really get into a place of self and make some rapid changes and exciting clarity. And this was one of those for me where I was like, holy, like, this is amazing. Let's talk about that hypnosis. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to get into that. Yeah. You were just born in college and decide I'm going to learn how to hypnotize yeah. people. I, I'll never forget the day there's this guy and we're talking about eating habits. And this guy's like, well, I've really tried to eat more peas and carrots in my life. And he was just trying to impress, I don't know. And I'm like, this is stupid. I mean, honestly, yeah. it just wasn't my jam. And I, and I'm not, I was not built for school. I'm built for getting out there and just learning. Oh, I'm the same way. Yeah. It took me eight years to get a two-year degree. Okay. I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What is that? Tommy boy. A lot of people go to college for 10 years (laughs) called doctors. So I, uh, anyway, so I was just in the library and I'm like, I've been to a couple of hypnosis shows and I just found a book. I was, I don't even know how I stumbled across, but I'm like, so I grabbed the book and I just start pouring through it. And I hadn't studied that hard ever. And I was like, this is crazy. So go home to my apartment, have some friends over. And we put this group on the couch and I'm like, okay, you know, I do the thing like it's getting cold. And, and, and this one girl, she started like shivering. Right. And I'm like, okay, okay, this is, this is working. Like, <laughs> wait, what? You know? And, and then I, I told her that I said, when I woke her up and then I said, when I snap my fingers, the, fl- the carpet is going to be like molten lava. And I didn't think through this at all. <laughs> and so I snapped my fingers and she lost it. Like she lost did. it. So she ran, she was looking for the room. She jumped on the bed. She hid in one of my duffel bags that was underneath my bed and was literally like trying to escape the lava. And to this day, I, I, I hope that I, I hope that it faded out and everything, but it was, my mind was blown because I just realized how much I just changed a reality for somebody. Yeah. And so over time, I really explored deeper and I did some coaching that was based on hypnosis. And then every once in a while, we'd be at my cabin and we would do like a, have some friends over and someone would bring it up and I would say, okay, why not? And make some friends dance like MC Hammer or whatever. And it's just always the most, it's, it's interesting, but at the same time, when you actually approach it from more of a, a growth, a therapeutic or a growth standpoint, it's incredible. Similar concepts though, to me, like is, is what breathwork does or what meditation does is we're just we're letting the noise go, we're clearing out the filters and we're getting to self and we're opening up to the idea that we are creators. Yeah. And that's just what it is to me. What does that mean to you? Like creators? We have a genetic disposition to create. Like that, think about it. Like think of Legos, think of all the things in the early semblances of like building stuff. And like every kid wants to build a fort. Like we love to create, we love to design, we love to build. Mm-hmm. And we have this craving for progression. And so, and I'm, I'm depending on how much we've stifled it, right? But when you really sit down into your zone of genius and think about like, what was I built to do? Like we create, we create life, mm-hmm. right? Like these are the things where, that where we do. Where do you think people lose that cre- that creativity mindset? I mean, I know I lost it for a long time yeah. and it wasn't until a few years ago, I was like, no, I'm here. I create my life. I create everything. Where, why? Where does that disconnect come from? You think in people shame, like you think about junior high school, high school, it the moment that we looked at shame. each other and said, you're better than I am. You're taller, you're faster, whatever. 
and you're like, and I'm, my ideas are stupid. Well, this and, is just who I am. I and, hate that saying. Yeah. And if you think about how sad it is to just consider the conditioning that some kids go through in their lives, what they're told over and over and over and over again, like you are worthless. You are nothing. You don't, everything you do, you break. Everything you do sucks. Like all of those kinds of narratives, yeah. like you just decide that, yeah, I'm not good enough and you suppress it, but it's still in there and you still feel it. And that's why we have these avoidant behaviors, these it needs to escape because we want to feel that power, even if it's something we just suppress and hold so tight. Yeah. But the more we let it go and the more that we open up to it, the more it comes to us. And, and then we come back to a, a broader world like now and we can say there's acceptance somewhere and maybe not everywhere and not every thing is acceptable perhaps but when you really like this is business again like when you really find your audience like there's a lot of people that don't care about what you do but there are some people that will live for what you do mm -hmm. and when you find your tribe when you find your people that's when you can step back into that ability to create but we all have it yeah we all do i think the acceptance though so many people look for that and seek that acceptance elsewhere again external yeah. acceptance yeah but in all reality, you got to accept yourself. Like that's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, and you got to dance with it too. Right. I love what Tony Robbins said. I know it's just a simple concept. You got to dance with your fears. You got to dance with that stuff. Yeah. You got to embrace it. Embrace. Yeah. Embrace life. Embrace creativity. I mean, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about this book. You said you, you, you took a year off because yeah. you were trying to find who you were and you wrote a book. Yeah. Talk, talk to us about your book. Um, thank you. I, uh, you know, as I think I always wanted to, I ranked in the bottom quarter of all applicants to BYU for language arts. Okay. <laughs> like, I, mean, just, I would have been below that. So that's like, great. if there was more on, more on status, <laughs> that's where I was. Right. And, and I hated it, but what I, but I love speaking. I love teaching. So mm -hmm. just one day I was just sitting there and I, I called my uncle Joe and he's, he has had just a really cool, just really impactful career. He wrote a book and I just asked him, I said, how do I start writing a book? I just feel like this desire to put some more out there. And he just said, what's your platform? And at the time I just, I didn't really know. I just, and I came up with the word influence because influence to me represented the ability to inspire others. Like I had yeah. really recognized a capacity in sales and an ability to communicate. And I had this drive and I was really connecting with purpose. And so I really anchored the book around those three things. Every great company, every great leader, they have a defining purpose. They have an ability to tell their story and inspire the people that they serve. And they have this ability to take incredible action or initiative to create the systems that allow it to reach its potential. Yeah. And, and then leadership really is the pinnacle of all of those three things in their purest form. But everybody has their own style and approach to influence. And I felt like that's, that's me, that's, that's my jam. And I, and I called it influence. And I realized like, and so what I did is I really just sat down and I just started looking for all the things. And really the book started when I was a teenager and I was thinking about all the things I wish I knew and I didn't know when I wasn't learning in school. Yeah. And I was keeping these notes and it just evolved over a lot of, you know, dictating notes to your phone while I'm driving, thinking about books I'd read, so many books and it just started coming together. And my first editor was like, this is like a tomato garden overrun with weeds. And I said, thank you. You're fired. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're not going to start like this. I mean, let's get past that. Yeah. You know? And so anyways, but anyways, I found some amazing editors and we just kind of worked through it. And I actually rewrote a lot of it and came up with what it is now. And it is 33 chapters of really, these are the things, if I could go back in time to 
I mean, if I'm stuck where I could go back in time, these are the things I wish I would have understood to really set my career and my life off on the right foot. So it's called the laws of influence and proven strategies for launching your life and your career. And that's what it's about is these are the things you need to master. Like everybody's in sales. Mm -hmm. We're all in sales. Yep. Even if we don't have a product to sell for a commission, this is a sale. Yep. We're, we're, we're communicating, we're exchanging value. That's all selling is. Yep. And we're all entrepreneurs and we all like, I look at my kids as little startups. They all have a unique purpose and a contribution to make to the world. My job is to help help them validate, figure out who they are, step fully into it, and then go out and create. Help them find their own value. So we all are entrepreneurs, we're all in sales, and we all need to find purpose because that's our calling and that's when we really figure out our greatest contribution. Yeah. And so for me, those are mindsets for life. And they just happen to fit in that book. So, yeah. I'm excited to read it. It's, I need it. I'm going to go buy a copy. Where can they get it? Uh, so it's, it's on, on Audible. Amazon. Yeah, it's on Audible. Um, and then, of course, it's on my website as well. Okay. But the website. And it's not, like it's, listen, I, I mean, I've got ADD. I'm the most creative, abstract person that there is. And so it's written that way. So it's not exhaustive. It's not long. It actually gets better the further you go into it. But, you know, my stories are very anecdotal. There's a lot of stories. It's just, it's, a, it's an easy read. It's an enjoyable read. I'm excited to read it. So, I'm but, excited. Well, what's the future for, for Brad Harker? Yeah, that's a that's a loaded question. I mean, you you're, you're <laughs> I know, but you're I mean, you you've been talking this whole time about that's what drives you is is getting your future like always always mm -hmm. you know going and, and progressing every single day. Well, what's that what's that future look like for you? Well, the future for me is it's it's two it's two pronged. I mean, it, to kind of continue along the thread of this conversation, it's getting out of my own way. I, I've been holding back. I've been playing small for so long. I've Talk known of, what I've needed to do. For, let's, let's actually go down that. Okay. Cause that's, I honestly feel the same way. Yeah. I, and I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Getting out of your own way. Hmm. Expand on that. Okay. Well, if you think about, if I write a book, for example, like I'll give you a good example. I wrote the book and I have spent less than a hundred dollars marketing and advertising my book. And you have a book. Yeah. Okay. And it sells, it's sold in like, 40 or 50 countries organically. Yeah. And I, but I've never actually like, I don't push the book. I rarely take it to speaking events because historically for me, it was like, it was this fear of, we talked about this at lunch that time, like imposter syndrome, right? Like yep. what if it sucks? What if it's not good? What if everybody's telling me it's a good book, but it's really not a good book. And what if all these people that have commented on it are, are just kind of just you know, lying to me. They're just yep. being nice, you know? And like, there's this inner fear that what if, what if there's something actually wrong with me fundamentally, right? Yeah. And that's something that I think everybody carries to a level. Obviously I put a book out there, so I've worked through a lot of that, but I just never really pushed it out there. And I create these full on like training series, you know, around different topics. I was teaching at the university here as an adjunct and I was running these evening courses and I was recording all of it and I was doing nothing to produce the content. I was training to run a marathon, but I never ran a marathon. Like I had this thing, it was just that last step of vulnerability was the scary spot. Yeah. Where this is where I really figure out if I'm good enough or not. And that's where most people stop is right before they push through and get super vulnerable. And they don't realize that when they break through and they get some resistance, it still doesn't matter. It still means here's how I polish it or refine it to get better, but it didn't mean I failed. Yeah. So that's getting out of your way is like, is realizing and stepping into the person you are and what you know you're built to do and create and 
just going for it without yeah. any hesitation or without any like without any reservation. I think a lot of it comes down to that word vulnerability too. Yeah. Like when you when people start sensing vulnerability, they they've always associated vulnerability with weakness. Yeah. Well, is it? No. It's no. Power. It's more it's the most courageous thing you can go through. That's your body, that's your mind, that's your soul telling you no, it's time to change. Yeah. That that feeling of vulnerability, no. It's time to go. It's time to take this leap. But how much and how often do people say, oh, no, you're weak? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And so. Like the just straight, I, I, anybody with trauma is going to relate to this, but just the idea that someone understands, like I used to be afraid to ask a mentor for guidance because I didn't want the mentor to know that I needed that much help. Yeah. Because I thought I'd scare him away. And, and I was afraid to talk about what I'd experienced because I thought that it defined me in a mm -hmm. negative way. And I'm like, oh, if they know that about me, then they're just, you know, then I'm just. I'm at that level. That's shame. Mm -hmm. Today, I'm a, I have no problem. I'm, I'm happy to talk about what I've been through. Like, I'm happy to talk about it because I'm surprised at how many other people have the same thing. And so it's a fundamental shift to what failure means or what our self-worth is. Like, I love who I am. Yeah. And I haven't been able to say that for most of my life, but I can't love people unless I love me. And so you need that self-compassion to really get to a point where you can get outside of yourself and then the number, like the most important thing, it's all about love. It's all about people. But it's like, I, how do, like, I, I care about you and I want to help you. And so the things that I do are rooted in a, in a drive and a desire to add value to your life. Yeah. And if you live through that lens, you become unapologetic because when you know who you are and you know the value you bring and you care about the people that you serve, it's rooted in empathy and a desire to serve. And that's what people gravitate to. Because it's like, I don't feel like he's pitching me something. I feel like he actually wants to help me. Yeah. And so. That's sales. That's sales. I mean. It totally is. Right there. That's business 101. Yeah. Right there. I hope people understand that. Yeah. That serve. Stop looking at people as a transaction. Stop looking at people as money. Just serve them. Right. But I, th I think you, you hit an important point there is it starts with self-love. Yeah. You got to be selfish. Yeah. Before you become selfless. Just like on the airplane, man. Yeah. Put the oxygen you, mask yeah. on yourself first. And it's so true. How often do we, you know, we don't take care of our value. We don't take care of us first. And yeah. it's not until you take care of yourself first yeah. that you can go out and actually serve others. Right. And that, I think that's the main, out of all of this, it's, it's you. Yeah. It's us. It's me, you right. know, defining who I am ultimately. Right. So let's go back to that question about where's Brad going? Yeah. So I've, you know, over the past, like, so I spent about five years in software um, at a company here called Vasion. I was the uh, VP of strategic growth and yeah. I was really an entrepreneur in residence. And it was a lot of fun because it gave me the creative ability to step out of the company and, and advise organizations. Yeah. And I really developed this interest and passion in helping them figure out where they stuck as a business and how do we really mobilize and create powerful growth. And when I left, when I left Asian, um, that's all I did is I just stepped fully into that. But I realized that the businesses, that was fun. But I kept having conversations with the owners of the businesses and these emerging thought leaders and entrepreneurs who were really recognizing places that they felt stuck. Mm -hmm. Either they didn't understand sales or they didn't understand their own limitations or whatever, just stuck. Yeah. Or I feel like the market's about to shift and I'm not sure I'm scared. And so recognizing resistance and that's usually what every one of my clients says to me is I feel stuck. And so I've really shifted into, um, I advise just organizations and leaders, emerging thought leaders, entrepreneurs, CEOs of companies, 
And we just really start, like I really focus on a 90 day transformation. And I love just the idea of saying, listen, this isn't a year long engagement. Let's like, let's make things happen fast. And you need to have an intention, like what's, what's broken, what's not working and what needs to happen. And then we get into the process of creating. And before we can do that, we usually find that there's a lot of stuff to unpack. And there's a lot of reasons that they're, they're holding back. And I really become this therapist and this life coach and this accountability partner really roped into one. And I shift gears like really fast and I get up to speed really fast, but we really sit down and say, let's break this down and let's figure out where do we need to heal yeah. so that we can be present. And then how do we align with the ultimate version of you? And then how do we create and how do we make that happen? And it gets, just like anything, it gets harder before it gets better, but mm -hmm. it's, it's absolutely incredible. So for me, there's just, there's a lot of those conversations that are happening and that's growing fast. But then yeah. there's a lot of courses and content that I'm using to really connect with the audience and warm and just teach people about these concepts. Cause it's not, it's not a framework that I've seen a lot of, like really to be able to see it from those various vantage points and tackle the problem holistically and be able to shift because every coach I've ever had has said, Brad, why are you holding back? What's, what's your deal? Like yeah. what's, what's going on inside? And any therapist is like, Brad, why are you so driven? Why are you so ambitious? Like if you slow down, it might not be so hard and they don't understand me. And I need, you need coaches in your life that understand you and how to pull the best out of you and ask the right questions. And that's really, that's my zone of genius. And uh, the more I step into it and the more I don't hold back on it, the more it just continues to flourish. And it's going to continue to flourish over Absolutely. and over and it's over. Beautiful. I love it that you've got a coach that has coaches. Yeah. And you should be mentoring and being mentored at all times in your life. Amen. I totally, I mean, I wouldn't be sitting here today without coaches and mentors in my life. Yeah. yeah. I often learn more from my coaching sessions with my clients. Like I'm like, I'm kind of being a hypocrite right now because I'm not doing this very well. It's a good reinforcement for me sometimes. So that's why I love coaching too. Yeah. It's like, it's a reminder for myself. A lot of the stuff that I talk about, a lot of stuff that, that I bring up in my set are stuff that I'm currently working on. I struggle with. Yeah. I'm not perfect. And yeah. I love that. Nobody is. Right. And I think that's what makes you a good coach is because you do put yourself out there going, Hey, I need, I need help with this too. Let's work on this together. We're teaming up yeah. for accountability together. It's the best accountability I think I've ever gotten is actually coaching. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Louis asked me, we were, um, he was in town last week and he asked me, he goes, why do people hire you? And it was, it's one of these kinds of questions. And I had like thought about it for a minute. I said, well, I think the first one is like, I've spent so much time understanding personality and people and just human nature that I can really connect deeply with people and people feel like they're seen, right? Yeah. And people want to feel like they want to know that someone not, not only has the template, the roadmap for them, but they want to make sure that it adapts to who they're like, if you're climbing Everest to go back to where we started, like what's your, what's your goal? Like, what's the journey you want to go on? Do you want sightseeing or do you want to just get to the top? Right. Do you want to have like death defying experiences or do you want to play it safe? Right. Yeah. So, you know, knowing you and the other one is like my clients, when they're with me, um, there's so much love and there's so much just connection, but like, they know that they're the most important person in that room. I'm not going to push my ideas on them. I'm going to ask them questions. I'm going to help them because they're, they already know the answers. They know what they need to do. They just need a guide to help them unlock it. And then give them the tools to step fully into it. And that's my job. But it's rooted in a desire to help, not, I'm not trying to build a business. It's the opposite, right? The business is a byproduct of the value that I create because I friggin' love what I do. Yeah. You know, you don't work, you, you don't get paid for the, the time you put in. You get paid for the value you bring. Yeah.
And it is a byproduct. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah. That's awesome, Brad. Well, honestly, I mean, thank you for this conversation. Yeah. Thank you for all of this. Where can people find you? Like, yeah. It's a good question. Um, I'm getting a lot more active on social media, just sharing a lot more videos and stuff. And it's so. good. Follow him. <laughs> well, it's I've got really a, good. I've got a good guy on my team that does that, that makes it look good. Um, but bradharker.com is my website and everything can link all the courses and all the products you can link from there, the books on there as well. So bradharker.com and then, but yeah, or just find me on social. And the breathwork classes, if you're in Southern Utah, Talk to about the breathwork classes that you're doing. Yeah. So every, about once a month, Louis comes down and we're just kind of going through this, um, this kind of experience where he's really kind of coaching me to get to that level. Um, there's really not certification for this. Like it's just breathing, um, yeah. but there's clearly <laughs> like <laughs> being, you know, trauma, being trauma informed and being able to understand like what to have, if someone really has a difficult experience, you know, yeah. that's important. And I, and so that I'm, I'm mindful of that. Um, and so anyways, every month Louis comes down and we do, we do them together and that's great for people that are just trying to get new to it. And then I'm hosting other sessions that are just, you know, for experienced people that just want to have a place to come and connect and yeah. can't do it at home. So, um, all that again is on the website. Okay. So wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you, Brad. Alex, this has been an honor. I appreciate you taking time. Thank you and so much. It's all about the questions you ask. So this has been a great discussion. Thank it's you. It's been really fun. So guys, thank you for joining in. Um, check back in a couple weeks. Uh, every two weeks, we're going to be having some, um, some new, um, guests on the podcast, purpose driven podcast. Thank you guys so much for your support and everything. I appreciate everything. Thank yeah. you, Brett. See you. Bye.